welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we look back at the Olympic Games. What a games they were for Canada. Seven gold, six silver, 11 bronze. Way to go, Canada. We'll talk about it with Jeff Powell on the podcast. The Olympics. They came. They went. Should they have happened? We could debate that forever. As COVID case counts continue to rise in Tokyo, that city footed an enormous bill for the games. It's more than $15 billion. Probably shouldn't have happened, but the reality is they did. Canada did really well. And here to look back at the past couple weeks is Jeff Powell. He's the executive director of the Canadian Sports Centre Manitoba. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Let's just start with an overall thought on the games themselves being held in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I mean, I... I know that the organizing committee has received an awful lot of criticism for pushing forward with them. Um, I'll probably leave that to the epidemiologists, but I just give, think we should give a thought to what it is to reorganize and rebuild an entire Olympic Games on a two-year notice when normally they have eight. So I think from that point of view, it was a logistical accomplishment, they, and they did pretty good job of moving things around and for the most part keeping participants safe and now we're used to seeing sports without fans we've got about almost two years of experience now unfortunately but it still was a bit jarring though when you've got the 100 meters dash in the middle of a quiet enormous vacant stadium oh yeah and you know we were getting messages back from some of the athletes that we work with and it was them against an empty backdrop when of course the the games are typically packed full of people right it's such a it's such a big event just a, a big to do and it was really disconcerting seeing them training and practicing and eating alone for the most part and which would be a very different experience for them what else did you hear from athletes about their experiences overall was it positive well, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there's always people wishing they'd done better than they had for one reason or another. And, and, but I think mostly they were thankful to have had the opportunity because, of course, there was, it was really hanging in the balance for a while. There was a chance that there would be no Olympics whatsoever. So from that point of view, it was a different Games, but I think most were happy that they had the opportunity. Right, because it's been five years since the last games and now it's going to be only three to the next one but still these are finely tuned athletes they're on a specific schedule to try to peak in the summer of 2020 then they got to change it on a dime and try to peak now for 21 and for many athletes they were able to pivot some maybe not but all the while they still got to say they were an olympian oh yeah absolutely and i think the other thing that people need to realize is Yes, of course, you want to peak for the Olympics, but all of the various qualifications were impacted too. And so in a lot of cases, I mean, you might have seen it with the U.S. uh, sprinters. There was an argument that, listen, their Olympic trials for their national team were too close to the Olympics and they couldn't peak twice. And so I think we saw a lot of that as well, where uh, despite all the planning that goes into the lead up and preparation for the games, it was still really difficult to navigate the pandemic. And I think it's also why we saw so many more upsets this time than we would typically, because there just wasn't the volume of competition and training information that we normally have. 
All right, let's talk Canada specifically. Seven gold, six silvers, 11 bronze. It is true that there are more events now than ever before, but to say we got more medals than we have at any non-boycotted games, it's still a massive accomplishment, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And I think the, the seven times to the top of the podium is the the headline there. I mean, that is, by Canada's standards, that is a fantastic accomplishment and to do so in such a variety of sports is um is unusual and i think it's something the country should be proud of well and you look at specifically right we went you know andre de has been an up-and-comer he wins the 200 you've got people in the pool we saw it in rio that the women were coming on strong in the pool and then there's the canadian women's soccer team who after a couple bronze mounts the podium as well there's always going to be some ones that maybe you didn't expect like the, the final one in cycling or the weightlifting medal, we get some here and there, but to go from, you know, years of getting three golds and two in London, four in Rio, and then seven in Tokyo, I, this is a testament, I think, in part to the way that we're developing athletes in these sports that we were never all ever good at, it seemed. It is. I think we're doing a better job uh, nationwide, finding talent, moving talent into the sports that they will be most suited for um all of my rowing friends will uh will want me to mention that you did miss the rowing gold medal in the women's age yes. so i do I, have to get well, that I, I didn't list all of them i didn't have time to list all of them. <laughs> i guess my bad there but yeah, you're right yeah. that was a great win yeah um but i think that we're we are doing better as a nation about being quite selective in uh supporting talent that can get to the top of the podium and finding talent in other sports in other areas that can really excel if they're given the opportunity. Well, I know one of the stories being told now is Kelsey Mitchell and part of the, uh, this RBC training ground program Absolutely. that they've done across the country for years. Now she was not in sprint cycling five years ago and they identified her at this training ground event. Boom. She wins a gold medal. And that's just the, that's the whole point of the program. Absolutely. And, and I hope that the message out there is that for, especially for those athletes who have spent quite a while in a sport and may have peaked out at it, right there in her case, she was a very good, but perhaps not exceptional university soccer player, but someone who had years and years of training had developed a certain set of abilities that transferred obviously very well into sprint cycling and, and, I hope that there is more of a recognition that the, the, the suite of possible sports is enormous out there and that there are all kinds of opportunities to find the one that may suit you very, very well uh, for a second, a second run at it. Well, and this is something we've seen in rowing a lot, right? Where you've got all these elite athletes in certain sports, they all come together and they get in a boat, and for the women's eight this year, it worked splendidly. Absolutely, and and we see it a lot in what we call engine-based sports, right? So this is your running, your cycling, your skiing, rowing, of course, um, where you may have learned skills as a soccer player, as a hockey player, but the physiological development is really what allows you to excel at some of these other sports that, that may suit your body type. I mean, we had an athlete didn't quite make it to the Olympics a number of years ago, but he'd grown up as a triathlete his whole life, was quite good, hit puberty, and he, he grew six inches, and all of a sudden he was a 6'4 triathlete, which wasn't going to work for him. 
Uh, and so he transitioned to rowing and had a had a wonderful career as a as a rower afterwards. Just to name check the the gold medalist because they deserve it. Montcheron, the weightlifter, Megan McNeil in the 100 meter butterfly, and how could we forget Damian Warner? The flag bearer wins the oh. decathlon in record fashion, first Olympian in men's competition, ever break 9,000. It's true, Jeff, that the decathlon is not as a revered event as it once was, but still, that's just to be that good at 10 different things, that's amazing. Oh, and I, I think people don't maybe appreciate the demand on an athlete over two days of competition. So when they, when they all collapse at the end of that 1500, I mean, that is no act they've been out there for 16 18 hours over the course of two days and it was hot in in extreme weather conditions yeah i mean it's a it is a real demand and he pb'd in in four or five of the of the events there of the individual events and it, it was an exceptional performance what was interesting though is that the fifth place athlete was also canadian also a talent transfer athlete which speaks very well of where we might be in Paris in 2024. Uh, two more things before I let you go. Let's go back to the pool. That was the first week I was watching. I love that the pool, the swimming stuff was on at night, prime time for us, because I love watching the swimming events. And you, you get the sense that Canada's still kind of just getting started. you got Megan McNeil, Penny Alexiak, Kylie Mass. They're still so young. And then you've got Summer McIntosh, who's 14, goes over there. <laughs> and was close to the podium on a couple occasions. I mean, Canada should be pretty dang solid, at least with the women, in the pool for for Olympiads to come. Well, it certainly seems that way. And, there, you know, I can say that the the quality of coaching in the country is very high right now. There's quite a number of quality international caliber coaches. Uh, Facilities across the country are... Are certainly we certainly have access to world class facilities. The newest one, of course, is the the Pan Am Games facility in Toronto. So you're absolutely right; it sets up well. The devil is always in the details going forward, but we would expect Canada to contend again in in three years' time in Paris. Absolutely. And I mentioned on my show on Friday that I thought. Canada's win in the women's soccer final was one of the biggest sporting moments in our country's history. You could call that recency bias, or you could call it accurate. What do you think? Uh, I couldn't agree more. So outside of things like running, soccer might be the biggest participation sport in the world. And so for your country to climb to the top of that particular podium is is tremendous is an is an enormous accomplishment particularly considering that they beat the americans along the way who are an exceptional side in their own right i i i can't think of very many other uh significant canadian especially in team sport accomplishments i mean we all know 72 the summit series of course perhaps some of the uh canada u.s women's hockey rivalries right back when that rivalry was really hot um, but this is right at the very top, especially for those of us who remember the the defeat at the hands of the Americans in 2012 under some, let's call them frustrating circumstances. I mean, it's just, it means so much to the sport locally. It means so much to young women looking to participate in sport. It, it's, 
it's tremendously impactful. Absolutely. For me, the defining moment of the games is Julia Grasso's winner. Uh, but that's just me. Is If you had to pick a defining moment, what would it be? Uh, for Canada, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger one than that. I mean, the number of great stories out of the Olympics is is... You know, there's dozens of them. The one that always that still sticks for me, if you want a non-Canadian moment, sure. is uh, Kiesenhofer winning the women's road cycling event as the lone Austrian up against the powerhouse Dutch team. And she just has this brave, bold, audacious breakaway and gets away from them and forces a mistake. And she, she rides to gold. Like, I just think that's an incredible... An incredible story. If you want to, if you want a non-Canadian moment, that would have been mine. I think. Is that the one where she went away and nobody really realized it, and so they all the the person who came in second thought she had won, but didn't realize well, that there was actually someone ahead of her. Yeah, the, the Dutch say that nobody realized it, but I think if you watch a few other women uh, cross the finish line, some of them definitely knew um, that the the original breakaway had not been caught. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's stories like that to me that that make the Olympics, right? That this unstoppable uh, team of incredible Dutch riders was outsmarted, to be honest, and outworked by this brave lone Austrian. I thought it was a great story. And now we pivot to what six months from now for Beijing. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yes. Can't wait for that. We'll see if the NHLers go to the games. If not, there's plenty of other amazing stories. Jeff, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this and have a great rest of your summer. Wonderful. Thank you. You too. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre and post game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your